All right. Here we are. Oh. Reunited. It feels like it's been a while, but it probably Back hasn't again. been a while. Back again. It well, does feel like it's been a while. I missed you guys. Yeah. It's good you know what's funny? I, I want to tell the audience, anymore. I want to tell everybody <laughs> listening, is that I hope I hope everyone gets lots of laughs from the pods when we are four of us together, because if you saw our text dialogue amongst the four of us, we are getting laughs from us. So oh, no, that's true. it is quite funny. It would, you know, sometimes I think you, what feels right to say in the moment, then you listen to it a couple of weeks later. You're like, Oh geez, did I say that? Oh shit. My oh, daughter was listening to the last, the, the one with the MLR and oh my God. She's like, you and Dwight daddy, does, does he, do you guys not like each other? I'm like, no Sage, we love each other. Hey, Greg, like, check your mic. I think you, your camera might be picking your, your, your uh, microphone up, may change it. your settings. But yeah, yeah. Everyone who listens who doesn't have the context of our relationship or friendship is like, you guys like each other. I'm like, this is this is normal to me. This is normal. That's the beautiful banter so, of brotherhood. Anyway, Dwight, I, I do not want to jump on the toes because I am I would fall short of being the MC at this point since you are the master, J Cal. I don't know about um, that. We may have been taking the 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 all in um, analog a little too far. I know we're doing the intros, yeah, and now true. we're doing. Now we're doing is my mic better, by the way? Yes. yes. Okay. It is. Picasso now we're doing a 2023 prediction today. But I think predictions are clutch. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. A lot of pods are out there doing that. And I think we've got a unique perspective amongst the Thor- so do, four of us. But do predictions offer any value? Well, it, it's offers self like value for ourselves because we're going to get the flex next year who is right and who is wrong. <laughs> Validation. That's right. Validation. 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 Okay. If anything, it brings more banter to the recording, and that's entertaining. So okay. let's get All started. Right. Fair enough. Do, do you have a little roast to start off? With? I have a unified intro, if that helps. Just to okay, kind that's of even better. I like that. Bit. Especially since y'all gave me a little bit of content, but I'm pretty sure pretty soon we're going to be, well, I'm going to get a lot of content in uh, Salt Lake City. So that's usually the Yeah. Best. Is there a marina district over there that I need to be aware of? <laughs> there are some places with good energy for Pete, so I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there an orphanage located next to like a 24 hour liquor store? That energy is just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but, but I'm there's sure. There's tables that are right at the height of the waiter's face so that when you slam the beer, you'll make sure you get all over. I yeah. remember that guy's look, by the way, doused in beer. That was a, that was a low moment for I, me. I thought he was going to call his With the statute of limitations in yeah, Cabo statue. Court. That's going to be a defining moment in your future. Look so back. Like, I remember the time. Yeah. Craig, the Craig, there will be some event like this at the ski. You will, you will. You'll be like, dude, Freak I had out. to walk like 75 feet to the chairlift. This is terrible. This is the worst ski <laughs> oh, no, I've known. I've known. I know this place. This is really great. This this location. I know. Resort. Yeah, that's nice. good. And that resort is awesome. Uh, yeah. And the snow in Salt Lake's been ridiculous. Ridiculous. I heard about that. Yeah. Yep. yep. I'm excited to be there. Okay, Dwight. It's all yours. It's a yeah. I did a unified one just because I think this might be a longer pod. But all right, everybody, welcome to Bullf- Bullet Bulletproof. <laughs> Don't practice podcast. You sound like Craig back in the early days. I tried to be, yeah, I got to do my own Craig and not say the whole name or butcher it. Fearsome Four is here once again so that each of you can get your monthly dentistry blend. Let's do it. So let me welcome Craig. He's our echo chamber reverberator. He's our dopamine driven liberator, the trailblazer who's usually embattled with Pete, our dictator. But don't worry, the Fearsome Four will disagree. And Craig and Pete will once again see how much they were meant to be. Then they will go and make a pod without Trey and me just so that their echo chambers can be set free. The dictator will find his pleasure as he continues to be the instigator for the BP Alliance, while Dwight will try and make sure we're all under compliance. 
Trey will stay on the pod and shake his head and nod, but don't worry. The Texas Rainmaker will be the record breaker for the best practice commissioner while also being the best guest listener. The truth is that he is the quiet one, but only because we're scared of the logic he will say or worse that what Craig will hear and relay that was exactly the opposite of what he meant to convey. So no matter Craig claims disgust for the ivory tower sonority or Pete pays for practice culture sorority, we just know that we are all here to represent the unconsolidated majority. So let's pull it together. Let's have a quick little discussion. It's all brotherly banter, but with all canter, it makes it's what makes us besties. You know your mind will not be left empty, so stay with us and let us know what you think, even if you're convinced we all need to shrink. So don't let's do our predictions of 2023. It's about dentistry and looking out for the GP. Is it a recession or just a false impression? We will not be suppressed. Trust me, I can attest this is an unplanned banter, and I apologize for those we will defile. We're just trying to make you smile. So let's get this going, everybody. Well done, Dwight. Well done. Yeah, well Good done. Job, Not Dwight. as pointed and uh, I like your, offensive. I, I got to say, I like your roast. I'm trying to be nice. I'm I trying to be too. nice. I'm trying to be nice. Got to start it easy, though, because I think you're like, you know, you're Ned Flanders. So nice is yeah, like just who you right. are. Well, yeah. like the, you know who Ned Flanders is? Oh, Remember freaking, that neighbor? Freaking. Yeah. Howdy diddly do, neighbor. How do they do? How do they, how do they, how do they do? <laughs> well, Mother of freaker. course, today, let's, let's get it. started. So let's talk a little bit about what's setting this out. Obviously, it's the beginning of the year. It's nice to talk about what we think is coming in 2023, what the year is going to give us. So if you think about it, since the last recession or discussion about recessions, we were in 2008 or so as that progressed. Then after that, the economy enjoyed prosperity, um, 0% interest rates, bull markets. And then we ended up talking about recession, thinking there was going to be a bubble around uh, 2020. Instead, we got a 2020 pandemic. Since then, the dental industry and the whole world, for that matter, has experienced the great lockdown, the great opening, reopening, the great recovery, the great resignation, and now, I guess, the great inflation. So the biggest questions, we have a list of questions related to 2023 and see what it has to offer. So let's start first with what we think will be our biggest losers and our biggest winners in in the dental industry in particular in 2023. So we'll go one by one so everybody can share a little bit of thought and banter back and forth. Let's start with who you think will be your biggest winners in 2023. Start with, how about you, Craig? Why don't you start with you? Okay, well, um, how do I see what I wrote? Because we wrote this on the Google form. So I want to capture what I have there. Do Do you have have it in front of you? Or do do I have it in front of me? No, I yeah. I submitted it, and with Peter's uh, fine piece of technology, I was very proud of how I submitted a Google form and it disappeared. I can read it. I can see it on this, and we probably can't share. Can, it. can you share screen? It's actually uh, really hard to read. In the yeah, it'll it'll be um, okay. So just tell me what I wrote, and I'll unpack it. In house payment. You said winners. In house payment plans like clear. That's that was me. not me. Okay. That was me. Big okay, so Trey, DSO. go for it. Big winners, DSO. This. Uh, okay, I'll jump in. I think big winner, mid-market DSOs with a lot of cash reserves. You're going to have a ton of high-end, or not high-end, but the elite DSOs are going to shed practices. The bigger ones are going to drop it to right the ship from debt issues and, and other things as we drive forward. 
ones that have positioned themselves well with tons of cash reserves are going to be there to pick up all sorts of things available in the coming coming year. So what do you define a mid-market DSO as trade, just so I understand how many practices? So uh, if you look at top 10 top ten DSOs, if you look at it, and this was off of uh, Becker's a while back, but you have the top, say, three, and I don't remember where they are, but you're looking at about 1,500, even down to 900 is the maybe third or fourth. And then it goes all the way down to, I want to say, 200. I mean, there's a massive drop. Massive drop. So you're looking at in that, let's call it 100, 100 to 300 stage of locations. We're talking rooftops. Awesome. I agree with this. I agree that the winner is the fearsome four. I love he put in. I've, I've shared it screen now. So, yeah, the technology technology was obviously using Google Forms, and that was a good way to submit. Mm-hmm. So we didn't all look at each other's answers as we as we submitted to be an influence. And now, uh, Craig, you have it in front of you now. So, Craig, biggest winners and losers, biggest losers in the industry. Uh, so the biggest loser, I think, is the solo practicing dentist, unfortunately, although it breaks my heart um, for this coming year. I see um, businesses uh, with, with the there's a lot of dentists that were barely holding on through the last couple of years, which were amazing economic times. And I think with the uh, initiation of the recession and the factors that are playing against the small business uh, small businesses of America. I, I see the era of the solo dentist, although it's been pr- prognosticated to come to an end for a long time. It's accelerated this year, unfortunately. Mm. Okay. Unfortunately. Is that kind of a post COVID thing you're saying this? No, I just think that it's uh, another nail in the coffin. You, you know, when you look at the government systems and, you know, even the way the, the recovery happened with the cares act and how larger businesses were rewarded, um, and smaller businesses were not rewarded in the same way. Um, I just see that, and the, the labor crisis and costs and all that stuff are going to impact the single solo dentist harder than the multi dentist or DSO. Got it. In my opinion. Got it. All right, Dwight, you've got your sheet in front of you. Yeah, I'm thinking. So my I put down for my biggest winner would be group practice dentistry, um, and at certain scale. Um, and I'll explain a little bit more on some of the variable um the dsl and my by my loser components but um 2023 we ranked uh, our us news and world reports ranked dentistry still to be um actually dropped down from uh to the 10 best job um it's number four in healthcare number eight in stem jobs uh number 10 in top 100 jobs best paying number 11 um mostly because it's settling into kind of not just finding uh, positions, not necessarily opening uh, new practices, but opening, becoming part of group practices. And I think that these group practices are enough, are in a place to be able to negotiate. What I mean by that is multiple doctors coming together, small sized uh, DSOs. Um, we'll talk about this later, how the definition of what a DSO has just very confusing is all over the place. And that's one of the reasons why the consolidation numbers all over the place. Um, but I think biggest winner is that that microcosms of consolidation. And unfortunately, I agree with you in the fact that it's going to hit smaller practices uh, pretty significantly. Biggest losers, I put in variable uh, uh, DSOs that have variable debt um, ratios on their debt, um, because unfortunately, they're having to dump uh, just like uh, 
Trey said, make uh, significant changes there. Um, at the same time, large multiple uh, DSOs seeking large payouts. I would say anywhere between the five to $15 million range, those haven't changed over the last year. And uh, those don't seem to be changing quite as much. The interest is still there. But any acquisitions that are larger than that, uh, it's starting to be too much of a, a interest rate environment where it's too complex and they're holding back on that. If anything, they're going to hold their cards to be able to out outlast uh, the market. So it's, it's believed that that consolidation will happen more locally or at smaller packages, but not necessarily at, at massive scale, in my opinion, um, until those rates are better. So I'm kind of in agreement a little bit with what Trey said, but on the back end, I think it's going to be later between before those, those large style DSOs are starting to make massive acquisitions because it's not a favorable uh, lending market right now. And I don't think it will be uh, for a good amount of time. So Peter, it is shocking to me how many people, one, have not actually heard about ERC and two, have gotten the wrong information. And you and Trey being two of them, I mean, I consider you to be an epic business person. And when I talked about the employee retention credit to you, you were really dismissive of me. Like, no, I, I went through that, I got it, I, you know, it was great, I got it, it was done. And even Trey just now, we were just talking to him on the last pod, he's like, yeah, I already, you know, my accounting firm, they, they got it very little, they only got like five or 10 grand, so we know this is totally misunderstood. This I was told I didn't qualify until I went to a specialist and they're like, you absolutely qualify. And here's the number. And it, it almost startled me. Like I, my jaw was off on the ground. Of like, yeah, you don't serious? actually, you don't believe it. You didn't don't believe, believe it. it. But going yeah. to, don't ask your CPA, ask someone who specializes, which is why we actually have this awesome arrangement and we created a link and the company is bullet, go to Bulletproof ERC to help kind of implement this because from this pot of money that Congress has, has allocated, we want the people listening from Bulletproof to take advantage of it. So this is why right. it's kind of this this announcement is going on because it's, don't like I said, don't ask your CPA, ask the people right. who this is the well, only that's what, thing they do all day, every that's day. That's why we had to do this because initially I was telling everybody, telling you, telling everybody, like, oh, I, I went, we don't qualify. So like, oh, this is not going the way it's supposed to. Like you mm-hmm. have to go to the people that do it. So I'm really proud of that. Um, my buddy Norm works at the company. Norm, as you know, is like the nicest guy in the world. He's literally like Ned Flanders. He's like, he how really do you do? do? He'll fill out your form. He'll walk you through the process. He'll do the Zoom call with you. It's literally white glove services. You don't have to do anything. And this is what they do. And it's an unbelievable program. You have two ways to pay for it. Um, you can either pay up front or they can just take a percentage when they give you the money. And it is awesome. You did one, I did the other. We won't tell which one, who, who did what, but it's a government program. It's going to run out. Do not delay. It's amazing how many people are like, I'll handle a couple months. I don't have yeah. time. You don't need any time. Like this first is like come, crazy. First come, first serve, right? <laughs> first come, first serve. And I mean, I know the government's treated you well through the CARES Act and you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe I don't need this. It is your money this to have. This is part of the CARES Act. Right, it is part of the CARES Act, but a lot, I mean, even when I thought about it, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to take, you know, more money. But this is a program that's allocated for people like you who have kept your employees, kept your businesses open. Do not take it for granted. If your accountant told you, or your friend who's a lawyer told you, do not leave that stone unturned. Go to bulletprooferc.com. Spend five minutes. It's worth the due diligence. Do not assume anything. And even if you filled it out, you got something, but it wasn't, you know, what you think is commensurate for your size business, go ahead and reopen the process. You can amend these things for different years. Yeah. So do yourself a favor, take the five or 10 minutes, have a Zoom call. You may be leaving 
hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table, which is not prudent for you, your business, and the, the families that your business supports. Do it for them. And my, my biggest winner, which I left out, by the way, I only said my biggest loser, uh, my biggest bit winner is um, DS, DSOs in general. When I see the um, job statistics and the uh, the quality of the job decreasing, like Dwight, you're, you're speaking to, and also the total expenditure from the public towards dentistry going up in dollar amount year over year, but the average salary of the dentist kind of flattening out. Uh, that that just points to the money's going to the a different hand essentially. It's just so that that touches on my biggest loser of dental students. I think I think when you have a yeah. dental student coming out at this time in an interest rate environment like this, in an environment of consolidation like this, with rising student debt, decreasing average salary, and opportunities that are that are frankly they're abundant in the right situations, but the choices are less, less there. I don't think it's a bad deal or it was ever a mistake to go there, but I think they're going to fight people that are going to say that. Yeah, sure. But with that, and that being said, I think it's an important caveat. What we're talking about is entering a consolidated environment, even out of dental school, you're still walking into a better case scenario than the vast majority, even uh, I have this statistic from Bureau of Labor Statistics projects a 6.1% employment growth for dentists between 21 and 2031. In that period, an estimated of 7,700 jobs will continue to open on top of the regular average expectation. So needless to say, there's a lot of growth and necessity. It's just how you practice or what you're affiliated with. Those are the components that relate to consolidation. But the job itself is still considered one of the best paying and um, most pragmatic quality balance of life jobs available out there. So, you know, not all doom and gloom in that sense. But I agree with you that you don't have pure control of how that comes along. Tom. All right. My my excuse me, my biggest winners are the like it's going to be a good year for tech for dentistry companies that are going to leverage AI like Overjet and companies who are solving pain points like Weave and things like that are consolidating the, the, the making the friction of doing dentistry much less for the provider. Um, I think there's some good strides going on and I'm not sure maybe it's neither one of those companies, but I think that that tech is going to be a big winner. Also think that that form labs is going to be a big winner or 3D printing is going to be a big winner. And it's going to start disrupting the milling industry um, with the now the approved uh, filled printing permanent restorations. Right. I believe printing is going to become the superior option and the lower barrier to entry for people who do not want to mess around with millings. Right. Because now all you need is an intraoral scanner and a printer, which it's a lower barrier from a, from a, a cost perspective and uh, an equipment maintenance. I agree maintenance. with that. Okay. Um, I also be, I believe that the big losers are going to be the people who companies may who have tried to disintermediate the dentist from the equation, whether that's direct to consumer and you can insert. And Craig has made me nervous about uh, we were talking earlier about about um, small innovative dude. dental in Springfield, yeah, the innovative dental dude get, getting awesome. sued on his bull sued because he was kind of talking about someone in a not complimentary way and he's being sued in federal court by like snap on veneers or something weird um so you know as much as i love a good fight i don't love a good pain in the ass so i'm not going to say anything but but imagine fill in the blank there with um 
with companies who have tried to disintermediate the dentist, right? Gone direct to consumers, whether that's orthodontics or snap on this or whatever that, um, I believe they will become the big losers. Um, yeah, agreed. And yeah, and that's that I'll stop right there. And we'll hit it on some of those items again in the little text section here for sure, because I think you're, you're right on. I think that's where a lot of progress is going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> well, while we're at it and kind of the impact of that, I will say like, where, where are we on the recession thoughts? Where are each of you in that space as far as the impact the recession will have on the industry? Will we, will there be a recession or are we already in one? Let's go in reverse order. Pete, you want to tackle your yeah. turn? Mm. Um, my prediction is 20, uh, yes. So my prediction is 2023 will be a flat year. Um, I do, I do another a podcast, believe it or not with, it's just very small and it probably has seven listeners with two of the shared practices guys. And it's about, it's a crypto pod. Um, and it, and this has been a big topic on this has been in my life, in my 47 years now, I, typically when the masses say something is going to happen, usually the contrary happens. So Everywhere you look, people are saying recession is coming, recession is looming, this is going to be catastrophic. Everyone is saying this. And there are a few contrarians that say, hmm, this could be flat. So I am going more with, with the flatness because sometimes things are already baked in, meaning the price of the S&P may be baked in, the inflation may have already been baked in. So I don't think it's going to be as catastrophic as they say. And I believe, honestly, it's going to be pretty flat, if not maybe a little bit positive. I think interest rates will continue to be raised. But, but of the eight times the Fed will announce it in the 2023, I believe they will only do it two times. And I believe they will only do it in 25 basis points each one because they have committed to do so and they made a proclamation that they were going to be committed to this. I think they will start, they will stop that interest rate rise. They will stop that rise as soon as unemployment goes up, which it is about to start trending mm -hmm. up. It is. Once unemployment <clears throat> triggers, that is the place where they can say, okay, we've, we've almost fixed inflation. I know there's a, I won't go into the correlation of that, but sure. that is probably one of their goals. Um, so you think we land this plane soft landing, like the feds going to do it just right, cool it down and flatten it out. I don't think, yeah, I think I, I, look, like anything, and you know, we talk about the pendulum a lot here in, in, in psychology of people. And I think that the pendulum and the markets have already reacted to this impending doom that everyone's been talking about. So it's been priced in like, look, tech stocks have taken an absolute crushing crypto yeah. taken an absolute crushing yeah. interest rates have gone up, right? It's, it's slowed things. It's cooled everything off. So short of a global war or short of the fed, just going off their rockers, um, you know, look, we might even have, who knows, we might even have another stimulus this year, which mm. is highly likely, quite honestly. Right? And if, and if that happens, look, you look at the, look at the year of, you know, when we thought it was doom and gloom with COVID and all of a sudden the money printer turned on and everyone turned into this prosperous economy, kicking the can down the road, nonetheless, but it, it was, you know, Bitcoin was $3,000. I'm using that as the, as the, as the, uh, <clears throat> as the litmus <throat> test, right. For where things were in the economy, the doom and gloom, the stock market went down, you know, tremendously. So my, my prediction is that it's priced in, um, and I think it's going to be flat. And I think, uh, the people who are keeping their head up for opportunities are going to be the ones like always that prosper. I agree. Well, <clears throat> going reverse order. I think this, this fits because the way I wrote it out was, I think we, the concept of a recession to the average American, especially the consumer. Cause I made one of the 
one of my main uh, biggest losers, of course, was also the, you know, the individual consumer. But one of the things that I'm seeing in this scenario is I kind of I, I'm right there with Pete in the sense that I feel that the American consumer, whether it's a 0.2% economic growth or a 0.2% economic recession, I don't think they're going to notice that difference where it's slightly above the CPI, or slightly more. Right. Do I Cor- correct. Okay. Exactly. So if, even in that, whether I don't think that the individual is going to feel that as much because we talk about recession and it's based on numbers and it's actually seeing it. I don't actually think they're going to sense that piece. I think what they're going to sense is the unemployment impact I think they're they're finally going to tap out from the use of, you know, credit cards. Uh, we're at an average credit card rate now is like 19.6 because it's expected to rise. It's going to keep going. Mortgage rates are up to 7.2. So, you know, people aren't buying a new house, but they're also stuck in a house. If they need the money out of their house, they won't be able to get rid of it. There's going to be some of those things where the pain, of course, is going to be unequally felt. But the consumer itself is finally going to catch up and they're going to tap out a couple of these things, even if it is flat, which I actually agree with Pete. I actually think that a lot of this is fully baked in and we're going to send some of it. But that unemployment is going to raise and some of the normal expectations that I think we should have seen maybe this this last year um, should have been there because of, you know, if we didn't have as much crazy stimulus or things like that, we would already had and kind of matriculated this quick enough. I kind of compare it a little bit to the, you know, the lockdowns with COVID, you know, it's like all of a sudden we lock it down, we avoid even dealing with the problem, then we come back to hitting it again. Um, and I think, you know, you open up and now everybody's getting sick again, that that kind of a mindset like China's doing and things like that. I think that's kind of what we did was overstimulating the economy. And a lot of that is baked in. I do think that the consumer, though, is going to start to feel where they hurt. They they have been given a chance to be flexible begin and live their life. Huh? <laughs> well, begin to feel? I think they're going to begin to feel it truly. I think they're going to tap out a whole lot more because as of now, they've just been putting on credit cards and using stimulus money mm-hmm. and pushing, pushing, pushing. So they're going to claim recession is actually hitting me Q2, Q1, Q2 this year, no doubt, kind of okay. matriculating that way. But I don't think it's I think it's going to be relatively flat. I don't think you're going to have a huge, okay. huge dip as much as I would see elsewhere. All right. Craig, um, I believe we're going to we're, you asked the question, are we in one yet? <clears throat> I actually don't think we're in a recession yet. I think um, when you look at what Powell said, like he said, that they'd re- they, they have the tools to break a runaway economy. I'm sorry. They have the tools to repair a broken economy. They don't have the tools to to stop the runaway economy. So he's made it very clear that he's um, ready to raise interest rates more aggressively and for longer periods of time to stop it. I don't see the the stopping of the inflation just yet. Uh, I who I'm listening to and what I'm hearing, I think we're going to go into a recession, um, and I think that when it happens, it's gonna. Um, really hurt a lot of the dental practices out there that have been um, waiting for next year to get their systems in place or, you know, that are barely making it right now. But I, I think we are not in one yet. And I think we go into one. Um, do I think it's like the 2008 uh, recession? No, but I do see negative growth. Um, okay. I do see that. All right. Trey. Impacts the recession we'll have. Will there be a recession? Or are we in one? I say we're in one. I I agree we with you, Pete. Technically, yeah, we had a twenty percent almost drop in the S and P. I mean, depending on how you want to define it. Yeah, but I think that we're in it. I agree. It will be flat this year. Uh, okay. I do think you'll have a little bit of uh, a little bit of the interest rate hike still, and I'm more with Craig on that one. And I think it'll go up more than what Pete, what you're suggesting. 
However, the flat, I still think we're still going to, we're going to sink a little bit. I don't think we'll trend upward a little bit. I think we'll trend downward a little bit, but it's not going to be the doom and gloom that everybody says. As a business standpoint, because we're so used to being stimulated or held up that even a flat one is going to feel like a negative, correct? I think you'll still drop a touch. I yeah. think you'll still have some drop, but it's it's baked in like y'all are saying. It's very true. Look at what's yeah. happening in tech. You already have a 20% drop in the S&P. Right. Well, I, I want to say something too. So like when we define the recession as a consistent two quarters of negative GDP growth, that's one part of it. And and that is absolutely well, that's the definition. Our, right. But that's that already happened. But then there's there's right. the understood implications to the consumer and consumer spending and stuff like that. What I'm pointing to, or to make my point a little bit more clear, I don't think the average consumer has had their appetite rattled yet. I don't think they felt the pain. Of course, they're feeling the pain at the pump, and yep. there's there's little bits of there, it's an it's an erosion, but mm. there's going to be a very harsh reality for the consumer, where it's like, oh, geez, like we're not we may not be able to. There's still a euphoria left over from the right. stimulus. Is all there's still more to feel, is what you're saying? Right, that's what yeah. I'm saying. That, so it. as it affects our cash registers at our practice, I don't think that has been fully expressed yet. I think people are still spending stimulus money and still feeling good. Um, that's what I think. I think there's another yeah. chapter of phase two. I would agree it, with that. It's a false bottom, and they're not realizing the impact of it. And yes, I yes, yes, yes. I don't think it's going to be so catastrophic like what me, most people feel would be a 2008 recession or these types of things where things just shut down. I mean, we're, I think we're more nimble than that. And I think we also have to have compassion. We get to be in an incredible country, and we're even having these discussions where other countries are still in 46% in, inflationary rates and things to that degree. They're almost more used to it at this point in time, but this is mostly based on fear. And our businesses do have a good portion of our business that is not just it hurts, come in, get it treated. There is a portion of, especially all of our practices, where there is some elective procedures and some of those components are going to be affected by the fear factor. And there's and, no and Trey, by elective, it doesn't mean Novocaine, just so you know. because uh, That's not elective? Yeah, that's huh? not elective. That's pretty, oh, man. Yeah. I love that's how you play means. along, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but I just think that if if we're sitting here as dentists listening to this and saying, you know, I'm doing okay right now. If the recession already started, you know, I had a good month December. I had a good, you know, the January is going to be a good month. I don't think we felt it yet. That's what I was trying to say. As, as a company, that's all. 